0: Hang, there's the good-looking guy. How are you, buddy? All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. You working for the city or what are you doing? <laughs> working hard or hardly working. Good to be here. Dude, it's it's good to see you, man. You know, I don't want to put you on the spot, but should we kind of tell people what's up with you? Or at least by maybe yeah. hint a little bit without getting, you know, too into details?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, for anybody listening to the last episode, obviously, I was able to to participate and join with our good friend Spence from the Whiskey and Watches podcast. He was out here visiting us in uh, in L.A., Pasadena. Super cool. That was rad. Uh, he let us know about a month ago that it was going to happen, and he said, "If I don't see you guys, then something will seriously go wrong. Something something will happen." So we we made sure not to get on that side of the ledger.
0: Yeah. So Spence is in, I mean, I think, you know, there was hints of it, uh, discussed then, but you know, the bottom line is people who've been listening to us for a while have probably noticed over the past, you know, weeks and months that there's been some, some, you know, guest hosts and, and interviews that I've done, you know, by myself, et cetera. I mean, I think long story short is you've made a, a pretty significant, um, career change.
1: I have. So I was wrapping up the old gig, starting a new gig, um, and Matt, of course, you've been super helpful and supportive of all that, and and um, been picking up the slack of short, uh, of course. So, yeah, man. Um, gosh, what am I about uh five five weeks into a new a new gig? Um, it's a great move, but like you said, it's a it is a pretty significant career uh, pivot, and uh, I'm loving it. It's been great you know, I went from being basically sort of the most senior person (laughs) in my area to sort of the new guy, um, which is, you know, it's interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, really, that's what this kind of boils down to and probably will continue to boil down to for a while, right? You were, uh, without getting into too much detail, roughly, you know, 15 years tenure and, and top dog schedule maker, shot caller at your previous organization. And now you know, you've got learning curve and you probably not as much flexibility and as much free time. So still the interest is there, but you know, the free time is not. So we'll try to continue to keep this going with, uh, the help from some friends.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Everyone's been great. Matt's been awesome. All the guests have been great. Uh, a couple of people have reached out and said, Hey, when, you know, when are you are going to be on? And, and, uh, our buddy Mike came the other day was asking me, Hey, you know, when do we see you back on the pod? And so, uh, you know, I think at this point I've sort of got my sea legs under me. And so there'll be opportunities like today where we'll be able to schedule and and do some regularity, you know, that we're used to. Um, and we'll sign find sort of a new rhythm, but, um, things are going great. I love it. Honestly, it's a great move. Um, you know, and, uh, it's been, uh, it'll be continue to be a challenge and and sort of a, a new endeavor, but it's been, it's been awesome. And, um, you know, like you said, all this stuff is fun and, uh, all the other stuff is real life, but, uh, it'll all go together.
0: Yeah, man, a hundred percent. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, once you get to a place where you're, you're really comfortable, there probably will be some overlap between real life and fun.
1: Well, I think you're right. And, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were kind of saying, Hey, you know,
0: makes, you know, there's
1: some things anyway, long story short, you know, the, the, our hobby will be interesting in so much that it, it could overlap with some stuff that I'm doing. I've already, I've already touched base with a couple of friends of ours. I'll tell you later on, um, how and, and who and why, and they probably know, but, uh, but yeah, there, there'll be some parts where I think what we do bleeds into what I, what I'm do, getting into. Um, but long story short, it's been a great move. And I, I think I'm to the point now where I sort of have some rhythm and it'll be a matter of just sort of, you know, slotting in some stuff that we do together. But, uh, but yeah, so here we are, you know, back in the saddle, we got together with Spence last week and here we are catching up. This is the first time you and I have been together, just the two of us, uh, I don't know, two months.
0: It's, I don't, I don't know if it's, I'll have to go back and look. I don't know if it's that long, but I mean, close, certainly yeah. close, right? You yeah. know, um, and it ended December episode with, uh, Brandon Mauricio that was, that was super, did I just say Mauricio? Sorry. That's, funny, but you know, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, for the uh, for the listeners, I've definitely had a, a, a cocktail prior to this. So 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 Matt Matt both and I are are feeling good. Uh,
1: the new gig is sort of let's just put it it's sort of finance related, and so got got myself uh, into a, a nice uh, uh, two martini happy hour before I joined everybody
0: this evening. So everybody's everybody's nice and loose right now on the on the pod. Yeah, this is actually fairly late evening. I'm coming off of dinner <laughs> myself with a, a couple of glasses of wine under my belt and a drink in the glass for this. So, how about we just get right back to where we uh, where we left off? Let's do the wrist check, poor check. What do you let's got do on it. the wrist? Yeah,
1: let's do it. I think it'll foreshadow into what we're you know a couple things we might we're gonna we're gonna be sort of you know hot and fast with it tonight. But you know, there's a couple things we wanted to touch base on. Uh, on the wrist is this Precidus A11 Tom Rice. Uh, Matt and I have been fortunate enough to check this one out over the last couple of weeks. This is the, what they call white, uh, a 11. There's a white and a black. I'd really call it cream. And everybody who's commented on like Me sort too. Of the pictures. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's clearly a cream. Yeah. It's latte foam. Latte. F- <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, it's on the bond clip style bracelet, which is
0: actually pretty rad. It's fun. It looks really cool on that. Yeah, it's very yeah. fun. Kind of a uh, OG throwback. Aesthetic. OG throwback. Uh, everybody that I've seen. So
1: this has been making the rounds like, right. You know, let's be clear. I think a few people have probably seen this on their feeds. Uh, every time I see it, it's usually the black dial, which maybe if I'm being honest, might be a more handsome uh, piece. But when we were, you know, offered the opportunity to check it out, I think I was like, hey, we got to do. Let's let's grab something that I haven't seen all over. And so we grabbed the uh, the white or cream dial, and we threw it on this Bong clip uh, style bracelet. And I think it's a really neat combo. For those who aren't aware or familiar, it's sort of this uh, throwback to a, uh, a, a sort of a field watch style. Uh, Tom Rice was a uh, World War, uh, you know, um, two vet, and uh, and and so this is sort of like a, a recreation of that of that watch. And it's a, it's an interesting piece. It's a 38 mil, uh, sandblasted case with some polished, uh, lugs. Um, very simple, very demure,
0: but very interesting. And, uh, it's a cool piece. Yeah. The dial for that to me, looks really good. I, I would depart from you. I think that dial looks better than the black, but that's think just, so? yeah. yeah, that's just, I, I tend to like the lighter dial with the, like a really high contrast and yeah. that's to me, that's really good like that. So I sort of prefer that one. I know you kind of like the black one better. Um, it's absolute strap monster. It looks good on a lot of things. That bond clip that you've got it on is fantastic. I've had it on a number of things. I, I, Full disclosure: I didn't necessarily care for kind of the the green OD piece that it shipped on, but almost um, anything else, and maybe that is just because it was a little overdone, like the the holes. You know, the this is a pin buckle type of a strap. Um, and if you think of like the old kind of distressed vintage French military canvas, so it's like that OD green that's like washed out, saltwater, UV exposure kind of look. Looks cool. Um, but for me it was too long and also I think the holes were like a little bit too big. So it was just, you know, a little too kind of on the nose, precious, you know, with the aesthetic, but there's a lot of things that, you know, are very similar color wise that complement it very well. Um, and again, any number of NATOs would look great on that leather straps. I put it on a Horween, like a dark Brown, almost with like a, uh oxblood kind of undertone, look fantastic i i really like it on that
1: yeah that looks really good that looked really good so maybe we'll dive into our thoughts you know a little deeper on that but uh so that's on the wrist in the glass old-fashioned uh makers mark and amarena cherries which i think our friends from the uh whiskey and watches pod love maybe our friend mike stockton also might love i have the uh i think he does yeah i've got the the two pound costco special so that's that's a (laughs) lot of cherries man.
0: so, you know, it's funny, one of my daughters and they're, they're not little kids, but one of my daughters like found this thing on the, uh, on the bar. And I, at one point I opened up the jar and it looks full and I'm like, it's full of syrup. She's been, you know, over, over about the course of about a month, I went from having a full jar to like barely any. <laughs> what are you doing? But, yeah, That's crazy. What, yeah. What are you going to do? But she's been, uh, she's been. Like bogarting guarding the cherries, so hey, I can't blame her. I can't blame her. That's good stuff. So that's well, in the right glass. That's on the wrist. What What do you got, man? Well, dude, on the wrist, I have. We know our boy uh, Mike Pearson has made a move recently, gone over to the Evil Empire. Mike, we have to talk to you about this. But this is the Zodiac on my wrist right now. Is the Zodiac Super Sea Wolf World Time. This is the the gray dial. Um, with the the misspelled Singapore, Singapore. on the board, Four. yes, 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 yes. So, uh, that's one of these things that I don't know. It's probably never a good idea to like constantly like be fangirling over another outlet, but uh, frankly, nobody does it better than Jason and James. And on their latest episode of TGN, they were kind of waxing poetic about the the charm. Of world timers, and I kind of feel the same way. Like every time, and granted, this isn't like technically like a high-end world timer, but it does have the same sort of evocative nature with this watch. With that, uh, you know, it's it's actually I think it is a mineral crystal uh, bezel, but it looks kind of like bakelite. You know, with the way it's kind of textured and it's got a little bit of a round profile. And it just it feels very like nineteen sixties air travel to someplace in East Asia and you know, going to some CD dive bar in Macau or something like that. And whenever I put it on, it just makes me feel like adventure guy. So I was yeah. thinking about you the other day. I love it.
1: Uh, I was we took the kids to Disneyland. Um, they both have February birthdays, and so we take them every year, at least in February. Anyway, we went with another. Did you get family. the little buttons? Of course. Yes. And, um, for some reason I actually, maybe I just didn't know about it. We'd never been on jungle cruise. Have you ever been on jungle cruise? Oh my God. Never been on jungle cruise, but I'm looking uh, at my, all, all the artwork and I'm like, this is, this is Matt. This is Matt. Yeah. Everywhere.
0: Oh dude. 100%. <laughs> jungle cruise. Um, they've changed it up. It's now Tarzan, but the original like tree thing that you'd climb up, you know, at the Anaheim yeah. property, it was the, uh, uh, I think it was Swiss family Robinson, yeah, yeah. Um or Robinson Crusoe. I don't remember. Swiss Family Robinson, I think. And uh between that and Jungle Cruise and Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean, however you want to say it. Um just those are like the top 3 things at Disneyland for me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. love it. For sure, for sure.
1: So yeah, I that's like what snapped you a couple picks. I'm like, "Oh man, Matt's already seen all this, but it was like all the artwork and and uh you know all the stuff on the walls it looked very much in your aesthetic.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Well, for years when my kids were little, we had the the annual passes and we would go, you know, maybe 6 or 8 times a year and, you know, get our money's worth. It was a lot of fun. So that's what's on the wrist, the uh the zodiac and in the glass is um something a little different. I haven't done something like this in quite a while. This is a very basic uh just a, a rum daiquiri. You know so this is you know a uh a light rum, citrus and essentially a uh I guess you'd say kind of a, a a sugar component to kind of sweeten it and little you know lime on the side or actually this is lemon in this case. Um and yeah, you know, nothing uh nothing super fancy or or complicated or anything like that. Love Big it. Big old I got my, my ice sphere in there and I'm good to go. Hey, you know what? I'm going to throw you a little bit of a, a
1: car, uh, an audible here. Um, we had somebody comment, uh, on the, on the feed when you posted a, a picture of your Mai Tai the other day. And, uh, let's just address it. Maybe here we'll comment on the, on the post too, but let's, let's reply directly to them. So this was stogies and booze replied okay. and said, Hey, uh, what's your choice of rum for your Mai Tai? Uh lately I've been doing a mix of Appleton's 12 and then something funky like Rum Fire. Uh but curious what rum you're using for your Mai Tais.
0: So I usually um the mixed portion of the drink I typically do with you know a a quality but you know relatively basic white rum um the probably the most common is going to be for me is going to be Kaloa, the Kaloa white rum. And then the, the float on top is going to be, you know, some kind of dark rum, an aged rum or something like that. And I have done lately, it's been four square, which is frankly for a Mai Tai is probably kind of overkill. Foursquare is like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking in the rum world is probably something like a, uh, you know, a good aged Scotch. Um, uh, but I, the other thing I would typically do would be one of the, the mid tier Mount Gay offerings, you know, so those, those are kind of my favorite and that's Mount Gay is kind of the, the house rum for that kind of use, uh, or for sipping. And, um, you know, if I do something, if I throw like a little bit of ball, like I'll you can put like a tiny, tiny bit of nutmeg on the ice before you, you know, mix everything up. And then put like a, a Kaloa spice rum as the float. Um, that gives it a, a completely different feel, and I like that too. Um, yeah, but Mount Gay is probably the the thing that you would taste first. Do, are you kind of familiar with that? Like with the the concept of a mai tai? Like you'd the the bulk of the rum content is mixed. You know, mm-hmm. so you're gonna shake that and all that. And, you know, with your with like the juice component right and the ice. And then you know, float like a dark rum on top of it. And the idea is with each of the first few sips, you're gonna pull a little bit of that dark rum first. So it's like really heavy. And then it's sweeter below it. And by the time you're about halfway done, it's kind of mixed.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. I love it. Well, David, uh stogies and booze, that's uh that's an answer to your question. We'll we'll drop it on the post. But uh hopefully you're listening. Thought it'd be cool to drop that into the uh, into the pod.
0: No, thanks for bringing that up. I think I remember seeing that question and that's a a good way to work that in. So yeah, you know, I've, I love Mai Tai. So that's, that's my favorite. And rum is probably our, our buddy, my buddy, Hungry Jim is like right now cruising the Caribbean, like on a, uh, one of those, you know, barefoot charters. And I have him shopping for rum for us. So I'm like, anywhere you go, take pictures and, and buy a couple bottles of rum and bring it back. He's your rum runner? He, a hundred percent. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Actually, boost. You know, as an aside, he sent me a picture of a, um, an anchorage. So they were at anchor probably about a half a mile off of some, uh, some island feature, not a major island, but you know, some, some, you know, very small land feature. And in the picture was Jeff Bezos's yacht, and I'm going to say conservatively, this thing is a 300 foot, three master, square rig kind of sail plan. And then next to it at anchor was the support vessel for the yacht. The support vessel would have been like, you know, a hundred man crew. I mean, and it looks like it's you know made by Wally's, and it's you know probably a hundred plus feet in uh at the water line is i mean massive and you know a huge helipad on it and everything i was like holy crap so i guess jeff bezos was at the same anchorage as my buddy hungry jim and uh, i was like you're probably uh you are definitely a a small fish in a big pond right now dude hey uh, honestly that that's vacation. the uh,
1: that's not a bad place to be not a yeah, bad yeah they're place in the, to be. the bvi i think very nice very nice Uh, shifting gears slightly to sort of, uh, not celebrities, our buddy Jason K released his first of four bottle releases, uh, which are single barrel cognac aged tequilas. And so the Fortaleza single barrel Reposado dropped last week. Tell me you bought it. I bought it. I have it. We can try it.
0: It went, the the email went to my spam and when I'd opened it, it was gone. They're, oh they're all, I think they're all it sold, sold
1: out in like 30 seconds or something. It was an insane, something absolutely insane.
0: I want to try it.
1: I haven't opened it yet. I have it. We'll try it together. Uh, so, but big congrats to Jason. It's a pretty incredible uh, thing that he's going about. He's going to, I mean, he, so go back and listen to the episode. I can't remember which number it is off the top of my head. Jason K is ones. a
0: bad hombre and it's in our first like 10 or 12 episodes. So the First yeah. 10 or
1: 12 episodes. We're going to have him back because all these bottles are dropping now. And I think the next one will come out in March. And then he's got two more that'll come out probably sometime in 2024. And, you know, he put up all the money to, to make these things happen. And long story short, he's probably going to be able to help Put, you know, some sort of maybe six figures uh, donation back into the Tequila Interchange Project and sort of preserving, you know, traditions and and culture around tequila, which is pretty incredible. So just want to give him a shout out because that first bottle dropped and uh, it was obviously a very successful, very successful drop.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. For anybody who hasn't listened to that, by the way, if you're even remotely interested in spirits and cocktails, especially as it relates to agave spirits, or if you're not interested but are kind of curious, if you're agave curious, listen to that episode. Absolutely ruined me for a big bottle of tequila, but in the best way. Um, and probably the most impactful thing spirits-related we've done in in this podcast project that we've had running for like, you know, the better part of three years, incredible success. So congratulations to you, Jason, if you're listening, I hope you are. Yeah, Salutes. absolutely. Check, yeah.
1: Uh, make sure you follow mission 1530, which is what sort of the barrel, uh, the barrel single barrel project is going to support right now. And then the, the new endeavor, and I've mentioned it once before, but, uh, the tequila that cares foundation will be sort of the, the evolution of this and it'll continue to, to support projects like this. And, uh, and I just signed up the other day for, for my sort of, uh, contribution and, uh, maybe y'all will consider, uh, checking that out and supporting it too.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like this, but you know, somebody who's kind of, you know, putting his, uh, time and energy and money where his mouth is to support the culture, because as unlike, Wine, as we talked about in the episode, you know, um, tequila production, mezcal production, just agave spirits in general, is it's so much more of a a a delicate ecosystem, and so much less sustainable than wine, if it's not done properly, Um, on a small scale, you know, kind of uh, by hand, with that caring intentionality, and he's really behind kind of promoting that and and keeping it going. So I think the what's the term now, you know that people are sort of using generic generically like additive free tequila. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that's that probably casts so even wider net than it it needs to but very important I think uh you know given you know the, the all the horticulture concerns, the ecological concerns um behind tequila production and as people are getting tired of brown booze and migrate into tequila as the next fun thing, which has been happening for a while, um, as happens with a lot of things, you know, you tend to ruin it if a lot of people move into it. And, you know, for tequila, it is, uh, it's literal. It's not just, you know, a question of there being like, Oh, you know, a lot of people are into it. So I'm not anymore. And, you know, they actually have to take care of, you know, the, the ground and the, uh, the horticultural aspect of it so yeah
1: 100% you know and yep. then not to mention the sort of cultural piece where it's very much a piece of oh uh, yeah community definitely so.
0: but uh so that was cool i thought that was really neat
1: sort of uh 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 you know sotp alum and uh sort of uh
0: what's going on in sort of our our little corner of uh of the world no that's a good update man for sure again uh jason k is a bad ombre is the title of that episode go and listen to it
1: Uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when we learn more, uh, Matt, but he, he's planning on maybe coming out here and doing something around, uh, tastings of the first two releases, the second of which isn't out yet, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get together with him and maybe we'll do something while he's out here. Totally.
0: Well, that's cool. What do you think, man? What's next? Do you want to talk about, uh, the watches that we've had in recently? Yeah. God, we've actually had a a little bit of a bounty of uh, of pretty cool, fun stuff lately. An embarrassment Um, of
1: riches. An embarrassment of riches. Maybe we'll touch on two of them. We'll save one because I think we have an opportunity maybe to sit down with the principal of said brand. Um, Yeah. Let's keep that in the back pocket for a minute. Yeah. Let's keep that. Let's keep that out there. So yeah, I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but this Precidas, um has been an interesting little watch. It's been making its rounds. I think we wanted to talk about that. And then also, we've had a, a number of Formex watches in our possession for some time, which I actually just sent back uh, to Marcus and, uh, and Raphael uh, just a couple days ago. So two, we've had you know, the opportunity to, to really sit with two of these different watches for some time. They're both very different. Um, they're both at different price points. And they're both pretty neat in their own right. Um, Let's focus on the Precetus for a minute. You mentioned that you like the white one better than black, which is, you know, now that you say it, I can understand why. Um, But overall, what was sort of your impressions and what did you sort of take away from from having this one on the wrist?
0: Well, I think ultimately the wearability um, and the fact that it doesn't really look like much else with the handset on it, you know, it's... uh, it's evocative without being like a direct one to one in fact i'm looking while we talk because we've got uh our our buddy and another you know kind of uh podcast alum but dan uh this is dcc 26 charlie yankee so right this is uh, a dan c um ah yes right from zulu time yep yep uh, yep I I think he's got a hold of a few of this company's pieces. He does. That have yeah, yeah that have a, a different aesthetic and those are a little bit more like one to one for something else and I don't want to talk too much about those just because we haven't had them. And also that's more Dan's thing. But the watches that we've had have really been more you know almost I would say kind of uh next to that dirty dozen aesthetic, you know, that you would see from World War II that that era without being dead on the nose. So it's very much inspired by, but not necessarily like a, a one-to-one recreation. Um, very wearable, uh, very much like a, a tool watch aesthetic. I I didn't think I'd like this watch as much as I did. And I, I did, especially on that, that Horween strap that I put it on. I was like, Holy, this is great.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. We talked about it when it was coming in and, and if, if it made sense to anybody, I thought for sure, you know, it might sort of speak to you. And, and you know, we hadn't seen it yet. He said, I'm not so sure. We'll see. And, uh, to your point, I think it just sort of, you know, once you get it in hand, I think it, it makes a lot more sense. Um, it's, I, I, I've liked it a lot. I, I, and I, I would think, I, I think it's pretty clear. You're sort of way more sort of, you know, the military history sort of mil spec guy on the pod than me, but the eminent wearability of sort of a 38 mil, you know, pretty low key watch, it lends itself to be very wearable. Um, there's not a lot to sort of really fuss about with this thing. And, and I just, to your, you know, we, we spoke on it earlier. I think on the bunk clip, Particularly, it's just a very interesting, uh, very interesting look, and I think it's pretty, it's pretty versatile. I want to throw it on. I want to go to Natalie at Hovig's. I want to throw it on sort of a a leather NATO. I think that would be interesting.
0: Yeah, I think a leather NATO actually would be really awesome, Um, dude. You know what? I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to call an audible. We're going to hit pause here for two seconds. Stay on because I've got something watch related that's coming across my transom right now as we speak. Hang on. Okay, so we're back, and I mean, we paused here for a second because this is completely apropos and nothing, and just out of the blue. But a good buddy of mine from from work, just out of the blue, just texted me, and he's like, "Hey, you know, my brother is looking to buy a watch for a good friend of his who lives here in in Southern California," and he sent a bunch of pictures, and it was like, it was Formex, no shit, Formex. Um, the essence watch, uh, bremoire. Um, there's a fairer in here. Uh, just, you know, it's, it's kind of a trip. This is stuff that we talk about all the time. I'm like, how did, where did you get these? Like, how does a normie get a bremoire on your wrist? So I just texted him back. I'm like, dude, I love that.
1: That's, that's incredible because, uh, those are all definitely very in the know kind of watches. I mean, I have a thread with a couple buddies who are sort of, dipping their toes in some of anyway long story short some of them have some Rolex or or Tudors but they wouldn't know what any of these stuff were unless I sent it to them so for your friend to be sending that is is very interesting very cool
0: yeah i mean it's just out of completely out of nowhere but anyway patrick if you're listening sorry for having messed up the uh you know flubbed the name of the the brand on the last yeah. episode, but hopefully this makes up for it because I think pa- I'm about to sell a watch for you. There you but, go. Patrick
1: uh, would be Patrick is awesome. We've had him on, Formex, of course, which we're gonna touch on shortly. And we've had yeah. obviously the Formex guys on, which is incredible. Actually, would love to have a fairer on the wrist. I've always been very curious about them. I I love the way they do color. Yeah. You know,
0: there's yeah. certain brands, you know, Oris is great for that. Um, I think uh uh You know, you have to say Zodiac is great for that, but fairer, same. So I agree. Yeah, no, totally.
1: But, you know, to sort of wrap up, at least for now, we'll probably touch back on it again, you know, at some point down the line. But this Precidus is is an interesting little piece. Um, I just saw them drop something. What do they call it? Sun Sunset Apocalypse. Did you see that? A very, very bright colored orange sort of fumé style ombre dial. Did you see this one? I don't think so. This was something they just dropped, because everything they've they've put out to this point has been very uh, you know, pretty pretty demure. Um, but they just dropped something that was very, very colorful, which is sort of out of the out of the norm for them. I'll find it and put it in the chat. But anyway, uh they seem like they're doing some very cool stuff. And uh we're continuing to to sort of enjoy this one and, and give it some thought um and feedback. But anyway, thought we would at least talk about it. At this point in the pod,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, considering the pictures that you've taken recently and posted, which have gotten a lot of good feedback, um, I think you know that's a very suitable watch for a lot of people and a wide range of wrist styles. Definitely,
1: definitely. And and then we, you know, we talked about the the form we've had. We had three Formex watches in our possession for some time. That was that was incredible. That was so generous of of those guys.
0: Well, dude, Formex is kind of. It does seem like it's on everybody's lips right now. Um the there's a lot of excitement about the smaller reef, which I totally get. The reef by the way for anybody who's worried about the 42, I mean, I have a relatively small wrist at just somewhere between like 6.6, 6.7 and the the full size Formex works really well for me because the way the case works, it's almost like, you know, a a, a PloProf you know the Omega, where it's actually kind of longer than it is tall. If that makes sense, like left to right, it's almost you know uh, a longer dimension than it is you know north to south, like top to bottom. Um, so it's only going to be even better in a, in the smaller size, like that thirty nine millimeter format that they've just come out with. What do we call that? The baby reef? I think that's yeah. I I don't know if that's official nomenclature. I think it is actually i think so yeah but we we haven't seen that one yet but we've had the the larger one and the larger one is not oversized by any means so it's really not both you and i
1: do not have big wrists and i am particularly averse to sort of large watches you you have a, a better appetite for it that thing fits like a charm
0: yeah and the the different like bezels and the styles that you can pop on and off with that thing really make it like a, I, I think like a, a super cool, they're just a very tech forward kind of design oriented company.
1: I think their engineering and their tech is awesome. I really do. And I, and I, to what I understand, they're sort of being able to white label some stuff for other people because it's just so damn good. Uh, and they have the sort of in-house capability to to produce this stuff. I made a cool video of swapping out the bezels and I'm going to post it now that we finally had a chance to talk about it on air and uh, it'll just illustrate how simple and cool. And honestly, it's a value add. That's a really cool thing to be able to pop the, like at first you'd be like, ah, cool, whatever. You're going to pop out bezels. No, dude, that's great. Like I would love to do that. Like I was, we were, we were joking a couple episodes back or maybe longer I would love to be able to pop a Pepsi bezel into my GMT master, but I'm a weenie and I don't want to do it because I don't want to mess with my, my GMT master, but this one.
0: Well, and you know, 10 years ago, you could, you could get an assortment of three bezels for a couple of hundred bucks. I mean, now like legit Rolex bezels to get like the three, if you wanted, you know, the set, right. A, A black bezel, a Coke bezel, a Pepsi bezel. That's, that's a chunk of change, man. And you know, God help you if you scratch them or whatever, but these things, on the other hand, um, I think of something like uh, you know. Okay, so Cody fight was on with us, and he has that Omega Seamaster Necton. The Necton, yeah, with that uh, that sort of relief steel bezel that's really so cool. Good. On, yeah, It's so good. And and how cool is that? But it's it's a little niche. But if you wanted to go back and forth between like the Seamaster that I have and the Seamaster that he has, that's a, like a five thousand dollar proposition. Yeah, but. Yeah. Hey, in shout, terms out of the, that shout out to the aesthetic, but the reef lets you do that.
1: Yeah, that's right. Shout out to the anti watch guys. Um, yeah. Zach actually sent me out a little care package. He sent me the, uh, not to get us too off target here, we'll come back to the Formex watches, but he sent me a, a care package with some New England beers, but also the, which you saw in person, the yeah, Aquaterra rubber OEM, which fits on
0: my Railmaster. Dear Lord, that was good. Dude, yeah. Well, I mean, I think you need to go to, uh, it to see happen. our buddies at Feldmar and buy that. Oh, ah, yeah. Yeah. I got to go talk
1: to our friends because that was stupid good, and it fits like a like a charm. Um, but back to the Formex, uh, we had the Reef, as you mentioned. We t- talked a little bit about the, the interchangeable bezels. We had the Field Watch in both green, I think they call it sage, and blue, which is a very vibrant, very saturated blue. Uh, one was on their sort of hook and loop quote unquote Velcro, uh, almost like an Apple watch strap, which was, I thought incredible. And the other one was on a, on a, I guess it would be in a a leather. I don't know what type of leather it was, but on a leather with the deployant with their incredible carbon fire, carbon fiber deployant. Um, just chock full of, of goodies, man. So much good stuff in those
0: watches. Yeah. Well, their deployants, not not like many others out there in as much as you can really, you can adjust it quite a bit. You know, it's not like hole to hole, if that makes sense. Like, you know what I'm talking about where you, you know, your adjustment. Yeah. I heard it. Um, you know, where the, the adjustment is based on where, you know, the, the pin buckle would go notionally in in a pin buckle uh, type of strap, you know where you you have to adjust it based on the the distance from one hole to the next. And um, this gives you some adjustability in between, which to me is a huge value add because that's the main thing that sort of sucks about deployment, right It adds bulk and you know complexity and cost or whatever. but mainly it adds bulk and it's really not any more adjustable than a pin buckle. but yeah. theirs is. And it's super, super light, which is very cool. And I ended up, believe it or not, I think as much as the Reef is kind of in my wheelhouse as a dive watch, and as much as I appreciate being able to pop off the uh, the bezel and change it out, I thought the the field watch was actually the thing I bonded with more, especially that blue one. That was just bitching. It was it it was like basically having you know nothing at all. That's like I'm wearing nothing at
1: all. I'm wearing nothing at all. Oh
0: my God, dude. Do you you know what that is?
1: (laughs) Of course I do. I had to do it to you because you're such a Simpsons guy.
0: That's right. That's right. Oh man, that's funny. Okay, so Simpsons nerds will know what that's about. (laughs) Stupid stinking Uh (laughs) planters.
1: Uh that's interesting because I did definitely assume that you would do the reef as your favorite of that of that trio that we had and I I maybe sort of thought that the field would hit me the best as sort of a titanium especially on that on that hook and loop which I think is really fantastic. Um but to sort of reinforce the fact that you just don't know until you get it in your hands you ended up liking the field maybe of that set and I actually bonded with the reef more than I would have thought. And I, it was probably my favorite. And I, I think that Reef might be your dive watch. Man, I just kept playing with all the combos. And I really settled on what was their Formex rubber uh, with, again, the carbon fiber deployant. Um, and I ended up liking the black, the blacked out dive bezel. So you had sort of the, it was a black, it's, it's the black dial uh, Reef with the gold accents, the gold markers with, I like the the blacked out relief bezel, dive bezel with the black rubber. And that to me was just like, so sharp. It was so sharp.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a great piece, dude. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the reef watches are fantastic and I could easily see myself owning one of those, especially if there's, you know, a, a package of bezels that go, you know, with some kind of a a basic dial and handset combo. Um, the sort of the guilt, Like a colorway. I don't know if that's the right word. That's, that's pretty hot, but if they could do something a little more neutral that you could go back and forth between like a, a, the green one that they have or, Mm -hmm. or any of these Mm -hmm. others, that's pretty cool. But the field to me was very unique, you know, the way they do the sort of the cutout on the dial yeah, and you know, it's, it's that kind of stenciled, uh, numerals. It's a unique it's very, type,
1: it's their typeface. It's, it's yeah. a, I believe it's a created for the watch. So it's, I've never seen it anywhere else. I, I
0: haven't seen it before either. It, it's like mil spec adjacent looking, you know, but it's, it's not a typeface that I've seen anywhere else.
1: Nope, nope, not at all. Titanium, light as a feather. Um, yeah, I wore that thing out, you know, hiking. I wore it, you know, out and about. It was, uh, uh it's actually a surprisingly versatile piece uh sort of dresses up. i mean on that leather it actually looks pretty pretty sharp pretty smart
0: you know yeah i mean I, so we've had the opportunity to see three of their watches right the essence the field and the reef uh the reef but not the the latest reef which is right. a little smaller which is would there be something cool. do they have something that we haven't seen i don't think so I mean, I think that's the three basic families, right? But then there's sort of subcategories within each, right? So yeah, the Reef, yeah. they've got the regular size, the smaller size. Then the essence has like the Legera, the really light one. We've had that one. The essence I'd have to say is like technically that's a great watch, but it just, I I didn't warm up to it. So for me, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, I, you have to give it its due for design and like the tech. But just on for me, it didn't do anything for me. But the field and the reef, very good, very good.
1: Well, my whole thing on the on the essence, which I'm a big fan. I especially, I'm I'm still thinking about the Lagerra, especially in carbon with meteorite dial. I, I have dreams of that thing. Um, you know, if you're in the Aquaterra market. And you're just trying to be either price sensitive or looking for the biggest bang for your buck or just want something different than Omega or whatever sort of three hand or, you know, sport models that you might consider. You'd be silly not to put that high on your list. Um, I think it's fantastic. Um, and I want to give a shout out to James and Jason, especially to, 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 to James. Um, man, a dive GMT you know, that's, is that not like the best use case really? Is that not cover all the things that you need? I mean, the reef basically solidified that for me.
0: Yeah, totally. Hey, speaking of shout outs and speaking of the Omega Aquaterra, um, mm. our buddy mm-hmm. in the, uh, right. The watch pod Alliance wrist cheese, radio, bro, uh, Schmidt Schmidt, congratulations. Um, scored an amazing, I don't, he hasn't put it out there yet. So maybe we're, we're getting it over our skis here, but, the amazing terracotta dial, uh, Omega Aquaterra. Congratulations, that's dude! That's that's an amazing looking watch, and it looks great on you, dude. So yeah, it looks. Kudos it looks to good. you. Well amazing. done. Well done.
1: Hey, did Heyman did Heyman get the terracotta or the saffron?
0: I think he got the saffron. He did.
1: Yeah, they're both yeah, really good.
0: Yeah, really good. yeah. The, of of the saffron's kind of my favorite. The terracotta is probably the most unique, but it's. Isn't there an interesting phenomenon where you see something like that and it really stands out and you're like, oh, that's awesome. And then you see it on somebody else and you're like, no, really, that's awesome. Yeah. But I can't imagine that on my wrist day to day. Um, but then when our our buddy Schmidt posted or sent us a picture like on our back channel chat, d- that thing looked fire. It looks so awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really did. It really did. Uh, speaking of buddies who put stuff out, I don't, I don't know if it's all the way out there, but sent us stuff. I mean, what did, uh, what did Stockton pick up the other day An AP in AP and white gold?
0: Oh, dude, he's.
1: Didn't he send us that on the back channel too?
0: You're going to test my memory, man, because I am, I think so. Oh, okay. Let me see if I can find this real fast. <laughs> see, See if you can find it faster than me. I'm working on it. But on I mean dude Stockton's amazing. Uh, well, I wait. So, you know, he's got the uh I Ernest. mean to me relatively recently acquired um you know well, the, the Patek Philippe, right? Right, the
1: Calatrava which was an amazing pickup from Eric Wind. This I think this was another Wind, I think this was another Windfall.
0: Yeah, That's another real. Eric Wind caper. Cuz he sent um, it to
1: us and he said, "Oh, here's another new one." And it is it, he's been on an amazing Tear of sort of very interesting, um, you know, simple in some ways, but beautiful watches.
0: Mike's getting killer watches. I'm still shopping for shoes. Balash, unblock me, please.
1: <laughs> Balash is so bad. Balash yeah, uh, from
0: Fratello says he's, oh, yeah, here it is.
1: Three weeks, oh. four, almost four weeks ago, he says, I've been a bad, bad boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that that Audemars Piguet. Oh my
1: 1957, god,
0: 1957 ultra thin. Who, dude? Yeah, Eric that thing Wind. looks good. Oh god, that's, that's an so Eric good. Wind caper. But which, yeah, which Bilox, the
1: Strava was too, if I remember correctly.
0: Well, and I think at least one of his more recent Rolexes as well. Yeah. Ah, so good, guys, so good. We are not sponsored by Eric Wind or Formex, but it seems like yeah, our our friends have had good luck. Our friends are yeah. For well, I not to say they're sponsored by. <laughs> they're paying full freight, but they're they're yeah, good yeah, friends yeah. of. Yeah, that those But the watches look fantastic, and I am eventually I'm gonna get the in in the United States. We say Adidas. Everybody else, I think, says Adidas, but I think that's how you'd say it in German. Do you, Do you want to address the goulash or no? Oh, dude, yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Um. Yeah. So I I sent a uh, a a photo of my wife's goulash. Now, granted, she <laughs> my does. Wife's do,
1: Hold on. You, this is this is PG. Or, no, actually, we're R-rated. Okay, go ahead.
0: Yeah. So, um, <laughs> my wife's it, goulash. It, it is done with a uh, with pork and not beef. And and balash had beef pun definitely intended with my wife's goulash because it's supposed to be with beef, not pork. But man, I, you know. I've had goulash many times in Europe, and the flavor profile is very similar. There's a lot of caraway. There's a lot of green pepper, dude. You would, you would, you'd be happy with this goulash, dude. Trust me,
1: <laughs> goulash. Don't have, don't have beef with with Matt's wife's goulash, please. <laughs> yeah,
0: man. Anyhow. That that was that earned a for few, else. Uh, that earned at least one or two mentions on uh on <laughs> Fratello, you know, right. And I'm like, oh come on, man. So now I've I i can not <laughs> let my wife hear that, but it's it's very, very good, I assure you. Yes. A course. lot of caraway, like I said, you know, you're you're good to go with that. A hundred percent. And besides just my no, wife, to... my wife would actually like bend you into a pretzel if you said anything <laughs> bad about her food. So
1: I thought that just should be addressed. That, that, that had been sort of, uh, you know, out and about it, it floating in the, in the air for a little while.
0: But I still definitely love Balazs and I'm going to buy the, uh, the Adidas, the Stan Smiths before too long. So.
1: That was a, uh, that was a, a very fun, a very fun, uh, back
0: and forth that we were Enjoying for a while, for sure. Well, maybe they'll uh, he'll talk a little bit more smack or something like that. I'll have to find some other kind of. Maybe I'll do paprikash next, and if <laughs> if you know some some kind of a Hungarian staple. <laughs> but it, it's you know what's kind of funny is there's a, a a a quote unquote air quotes Hungarian market in Burbank. Hungarian market in Burbank that they know about in Europe. And, uh, you know, there's some, some controversy and this is how picky this stuff gets, you know, it's like, okay, well, is that guy, I mean, is he Hungarian or is he like a fifth generation removed German, you know, from, <laughs> I'm like, come on, man, really? <laughs> it's the, it's the same stuff, <laughs> but yeah. So we we'll, that'll be fun. I'll have to go back there. A place called Autos in, uh, in Burbank, if it's even still there. I haven't been there in like 10 years.
1: Oh man, that's so interesting. We had an auto when I where I grew up. It was a it was a German a German restaurant. It closed down a couple years ago. It's pretty good though.
0: Dude, well, it you know, isn't it kind of funny how here in Southern California, I try to tell my daughters this, like if you go to the Midwest, especially kind of the upper eastern Midwest. So, you know, kind of think think even Pennsylvania mm-hmm. um, you know, certainly Ohio Michigan, you know, Northern, uh, Illinois, you're going to find these neighborhoods that are sort of these, you know, European enclaves in Southern California for people listening, you know, you got to understand it's basically, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I'm trying to think of a politically correct way to say this, but basically a, a, a hodgepodge non-identifiable kind of you know anglo-american identity that's one group and then everything else and i'm i'm speaking strictly from kind of a food a food case perspective so in in southern california you know you have to go you have to look pretty hard for good italian food and italian food is actually out there but i mean if you want like good german food or scandinavian or something like polish I mean, there's like one good Polish restaurant in Southern California. I mean, there's there's 20 million people here. There's like one good Polish restaurant, one, maybe one good German restaurant. When I say good, I mean well known, but probably not even that good. So if, but when you go places like Cleveland Chicago, or or Cincy, man. Chicago, yeah, there's you know there's Greek and there's Serbian and Polish and German and Italian. And, you know, all these different sort of subcultural, like food niche environments that you can go to, you know, we just don't have here. On the other hand, if you like sushi, if you like really good Chinese, if you like Mexican food, if you like Salvadoran food, we got it in spades here, which is cool. So anyhow, that just tells me we have to take a road trip for food.
1: Yeah. Yeah. worse things have happened for sure. Um... Yeah. No, it is interesting. It's, it's, it's certainly highlights the regional aspect of things.
0: Totally. Well, man, we talked a little bit about Formax. We've talked a little bit about how Balash disrespected my wife's goulash. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, sir. Um, what do you think, man? Do you want to, uh, do you want to wrap this up? Anything you want else you want to kind of hit on?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I think you have a good recommendation. I don't have a recommendation uh, per se, but uh, maybe in some ways I'm looking for recommendations. But this will fit. This is very fits neatly into the SOTP aesthetic and some of our favorite friends and, and collectors and people that we know. I'm I'm car shopping, Matt. And <laughs> I said this to somebody the other day. And they were, what the hell are you talking about? I said, well, maybe this is a little bit too watch specific. I'm shopping Neo Vintage
0: <laughs> cars. Okay. Okay. So, Mike. <laughs> I know what you
1: mean. Yeah. My goal is to, right now I'm focused primarily on early 2000s Lexus. And uh, so anybody has any, any beats or suggestions or leads? I'm looking specifically at GSs. So... Early to mid 2000 Lexus GS 300s is sort of my jam right now. Like to match my neo vintage watch collection with my neo vintage daily driver.
0: A big like ten centimeter gauge flat link gold chain.
1: Oh, I'm I'm here for it. Um, uh, I'm signing me up for all of
0: it. I'm here for the for the the turn of the millennium. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent, dude. That's. Did you watch the Super Bowl, the halftime show? That's the uh, car for that.
1: Well, it it, it absolutely is. Uh, I have a joke I'll tell you off air for that, but um, I'll tell you what. The last few Super Bowl halftime shows have been really good, and I was Agreed. we were watching it with uh, a few, just two families the other day, and somebody said, "You know what? It's become very abundantly clear that I am now the target demographic for the halftime show." We're no longer playing like, you know, Aerosmith or whatever. <laughs> it's like 20 or 30 year old, you know, 20 or 30 year old music for people who are in their 40s and 50s and whatever is is clearly the target demographic. And I I acknowledge that.
0: It was bound to happen, man. Welcome. You're hey. now officially old with an E. There
1: it is. Yay old as you so uh, so eloquently put it on the
0: on the on the. The text thread the other day, yeah, man. You are ye old, so congratulations, welcome. You know, when uh, you know, Lil John is now appeals to people like you know, age 50, yeah, yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: so, hopefully, if all things go well in the next few episodes, I'll have a neo vintage car to match my several neo vintage watches.
0: Dude, that's rad, man. I appreciate it. I am. I'm also looking for cars, but not Neo Vintage. I need something for my daughters to drive. Um, I'm looking for something cheap and safe. And <laughs> that's. Those are two words you don't hear together. What is it? Cheap, <laughs> cheap, fast, and good. You know, and you pick two.
1: Cheap meat ain't good, and good meat ain't cheap.
0: No, that's a hundred percent. Well, dude, we're <laughs> gonna have to go to uh, my butcher in Saint Gabriel. That's right. Well, I, so I do have a recommendation. Actually, I have a couple. Really, I could probably drop a few. Um, there is the the new Top Gear the Sand Job. <laughs> that's uh, that just dropped. I haven't quite finished that, but that's hysterical. Um, if you like the uh, I, actually, it's not Top Gear anymore. Of course, it's um the Grand Tour, but it's it's Top Gear. Let's be honest. And uh the other thing um is and this is going to be probably not a recommendation really for a lot of people listening but it's new to me so I'm gonna pass it on it, I had it in my queue for literally for years and I'm finally watching bosch and there's a couple things one bosch the actor titles Welliver uh I've heard it said many times from people who've watched the show. And now I understand they're like, dude, if you shaved your, your Van Dyke, you look like that guy, Bosch. So a few weeks ago, I shaved this and I was like, holy, sh- I do look like that guy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've got the Yater t-shirt and everything, but if you've never seen this, it's a, uh, a modern version of LA noir detective kind of pulp. And it's pretty bitching, and there's a lot of great watch spotting in it. So I was telling Greg offline, there's a, a recent episode I'm up to like season five, where two of the uh, like the the female antagonist type characters are in an office setting, kind of having like this interlocutor kind of exchange. One of them was wearing a gold Tank Louis, and the other one is wearing a gold uh, vintage uh, Bulgari Bulgari you know, probably like a, I think they're, they're about 34 millimeter, but you know, the, the round, they just reissued it. Yep. And you know, this, so this watch must've been when they filmed it, this episode probably was filmed something, you know, the late, late teens. So probably 2018, 2019, uh, pre pandemic. And so it clearly was a vintage watch at the time and it just looks amazing on wrist. And, uh, you know, for the character. And obviously there's Submariners and there's Seiko's in this and a lot of cool stuff. So if you've never seen Bosch, give that a look, uh, that is on Amazon. Um, very, very cool show, very gritty and very, like I said, LA noir, there's Dupars is in it. Uh, there's a lot of locations that as somebody who's worked, you know, mid city LA, I'm like, Oh man, I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. One of my best customers his location was, you know, used for the shoot. It's awesome. And, uh, I was like, I, I went and showed him this still, you know, captures that I took, you know, screenshots today. I was like, man, what are you into? Are you selling fentanyl? What, you know, (laughs) this is what, uh, what I saw on Bosch, check it out. And he's like, yeah, man, they came in and filmed here like six years ago and they got in here and they got my, my girls as extras. And yeah, it was, it was cool.
1: That's super cool. That's definitely high on my list. I hadn't heard of it honestly until you brought it up. Oh, I wanted to mention we we talked about it offline, but we didn't bring it up yet. We had two awesome giveaways uh, over the last uh, you know six eight weeks.
0: Oh yes, please believe. You better believe. Yeah, it. yeah the um, the Forstner giveaway w- was extremely successful. That I've thing had was a lo- bonkers that thing went yeah. bonkers. A lot, a lot of people inquired. I think you know b- between you know just the the post and and our you know talking about it i think we sold a lot of bracelets from them but then the most recently was uh, uh kill hubris and you know thanks to kill hubris i think what you know 10 people were were drawn for that one and as far as i know i think just a to- about everybody maybe one or two people have been contacted and and have had their uh their order shipped so the kill hubris giveaway was very successful i think that lizard camo that he has is just an iconic thing and it was great to see that back and i think a lot of people were were stoked to win one of those
1: yeah for sure for sure yeah people were buying extra stuff from from kill hubris is sort of like very excited about the whole situation the the Forster thing was bonkers, man. That thing was so many people participated in that great traction. So anyway, super stoked to pay it back to the community. Obviously, uh, you know, both those both those brands thought it was worthwhile to to participate and engage us. And, and so it's just really cool to share that with everybody and shout out to all the people that participated.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, dude, I appreciate you kind of running, uh, you know, the operations piece on that and and getting that done that was fantastic and i think we're probably right just shy of one hour i think i'm looking at like 59 minutes and and change man that's you incredible this be the final sip
1: hell yeah i do we never finished up under 60 minutes
0: yeah it's not too often man well dude i appreciate you let's just say salute we'll see you next time that's me take see. care bud We hope you enjoyed the episode.
1: Don't forget to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Instagram
0: at spiritoftimepodcast and contact us at spiritoftimepodcast at gmail.com. As always, please drink responsibly. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.